Hi, my name is Shruti. I'm Abhishek. And I'm Navneet. And we are in SciComm. Over the course of 2017, a number of potential collaborators and contributors reached out to us through Twitter and Facebook to do SciComm with us. The initial enthusiasm was always high and the ideas incredible, but eventually we realized that it's been very difficult for our potential collaborators to make time and generate actual content, whether it's writing a small essay or crafting a podcast. We understand that doing SciComm is not a primary profession for most of us. We are students, PhD candidates, postdocs or professionals with a very high demand on our time. Without seeing a clear goal or return on investment, it is difficult to justify carving out portions of our free time. In view of this, we bring you a new podcast series where we will profile enthusiastic students, scientists and science communicators. Each of them will talk about who they are, what they do now, how they got here, and a cool scientific concept. We call this a soupçon of Psycom. Uh, today we have a really special guest. She's probably the first non-biologist that we've ever collaborated with. And without further ado, let's get right to it. So my first question is, who are you and what do you do? Uh, so my name is Pashali Patel, and uh, I am what people call an astrophysicist or an astronomer, uh, and I also do science communication. So I have a kind of a two-title job right now. Um, and uh, what do I do? So currently I'm an education and outreach coordinator at the Center for Planetary Science and Exploration at Western University. Uh, and my background is astronomy and science communication. So I do both in my everyday life. That's wonderful. Not a lot of people get to do this. Um, question number two, how did you get where you are right now? Um, so it's a long story. I'm going to put it in a short. Um, <laughs> so I am actually from um, Ahmedabad, India. That's where I um, grew up. Uh, and uh, I always loved looking at stars and learning all about them. So I decided to do um, a bachelor's in astronomy to just kind of figure out what I want to do with life because I loved learning about stars and planets and everything, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, outside Earth. And uh, so I decided that if I have an understanding of what it takes to uh, study astronomy, you know, I would know what I want to do. So I came to Canada, mm -hmm. uh, did my bachelor's in physics and astronomy wow. because I wanted to have a backup. <laughs> if of I course. Don't get a job in astronomy. <laughs> Always wise to have a backup. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and then from there, I moved uh, to do my master's and my PhD at uh, Western, uh, which is in London, Ontario. And I finished my PhD in 2016, uh, and I decided uh, to jump into science communication as, uh, you know, an outreach coordinator at the center where I did my PhD from. Excellent. Not a lot of people get that wonderful opportunity, so I'm really glad you made it work. Um, yes. Uh, Final question. Uh, imagine you have the power to go back in time to when you were in high school or undergrad. Can you pick and explain one concept to your younger self that you think is the coolest, most important or most awesome in your field? Uh, so currently as an astrophysicist, I study stars, uh, very, very massive stars uh, around which you know, there are disks from where planets form. Mm -hmm. And when I was young, I was very fascinated about planets and stars and how they form. And I think there was this one concept of how do you go from dust and gas to actually having a star and planets around them. I am absolutely interested in that. Even as a neuroscientist, <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was something, you know, while reading books, I always 
visualize it because you do get to see pictures of hey these are cloud forming regions or you know star forming regions as they call it right. uh, but you don't really see that process happening because it takes over millions of years for them to form of course uh, so basically what happens is you have this dust of you know dust and gas and all this material that's flowing around in on this area of the star forming region and mm -hmm. You have these clumps that start to form by mm. sticking to each other. Oh, wow. And you basically have all the mass that flows towards those clumps as they get bigger and bigger. Ah. So basically, it's gravity working against pressure. Wow. And so the moment you get that, you start getting all this material that's basically rushing into this one place. That's wonderful. So that means basically, against if you put gravity against pressure, eventually gravity is going to win? Uh, well, so the reason why our star does not collapse is because it's the fight between gravity and pressure keeping it the way it is. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that is something that it needs to achieve. And there's a long process between, um, you know, it from just being a blob of dust and gas to mm -hmm. being the kind of star it is right now. Mm -hmm. And that material that's around it, surrounding this star when it's you know, basically creating or what you say, dumping all the material onto this central object. Right. That leftover material in the disk is what forms these planets. That's and amazing. this is what this is what I had not, you know, kind of visualized. Right. Even though you see these pictures, you don't really see it happening until you really get into the nitty-gritty details of how these physics works. And this is something I had not known, you know, when I was in just getting into high school. Right. Uh, when I was fascinated. And so I'm glad that I have a chance to explain to my younger self how this works. This is wonderful. I mean, basically, if I can, if I can vis try to visualize it in another sort of a way, um, like all the, all the, all the dust and the gas and everything are sort of like a huge tapla. <laughs> and, and the more that it spins and the, and the more sort of gravity and pressure act on it, it kind of splits up into pieces and so each actually... piece is, is a planet. Yeah, so actually what happens, uh, so you actually describe it the complete other way around. Oh, so, wow, okay. Yeah. So on a side note, um, this is my favorite part of the podcast and my favorite part about talking to Parshati because this very clearly illustrates how important science communication is even for scientists, even between scientists uh, of different fields. I'm a neuroscientist and I have zero idea about the details of astronomy. Um, and I had managed to take what Varshati had so beautifully explained and understand it in an exact opposite fashion. And of course, she uh, uh, graciously manages to explain it again to me and, and does a seriously good job of how to visualize this whole event of uh, planet formation. So what actually happens is that, so you have all this central material that's almost like a ball of gas. So let's oh. imagine if you have a tennis ball that's right in the center. Okay. And you have all this material that's around this ball. Uh -huh. If you were to put it in a ground, that is going to keep spinning and spinning. And all these material that's small, tiny dust are going to collide with each other uh -huh. and stick to each other. Oh. And the same way, it's kind of the snowball effect. When you start having small, small, you keep getting bigger and bigger. Right, right. That's actually how the planets form. It's just oh. that snowball effect that keeps accreting a lot of material and you keep getting bigger and bigger planets. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for correcting me because I, I built this image in my head and I realized that was not the right image. <laughs> no, and this is this is why, you know, like when I learned about the physics, I understood the pictures. I right. wouldn't have understood the pictures just by looking at them when of I was course. younger. Of right? course. Oh, that's wonderful. 
Thank you very, very much. Um, I've definitely had a lot of fun. I hope our listeners do too. And uh, thank you very much, Parshati, for taking our time and talking to us. Thanks for having me.